My name is Penny Lacasso and I am the world's first happiness hacker. Imagine a world where human happiness and well-being drove our decision-making. A world where technology was used to amplify human potential rather than replace it. The Human First podcast is designed to encourage you to explore your curiosity about the future of humanity. Our conversations are focused on building skill in intentional adaptability, creating the foundation to positively influence the future for yourself, but also for others. Join me here each week as we put humans first. Beth Lepley, welcome to Human First. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I always start with the same question. And hopefully it'll make you think a little bit. My first question is, who are you as a human being? I've recently become very comfortable answering that question with, I don't know. Um, (laughs) uh, Because for the first, I think, 29 years of my life, I I was very certain of who I was. Uh, I had this idea of myself that felt very comfortable and safe. And then when I turned 29, I kind of, had to let all that go so I'm in the space now where I'm saying you know like what I do doesn't define me who I thought I was doesn't define me and I'm comfortable just being uncertain of of who I am at the moment and that's been a really hard thing to embrace you are the first person that has ever answered that question that way and as someone who works in the space of teaching people how to intentionally adapt, which is all about getting comfortable in the uncertainty and surfing the edge of discomfort, how have you accepted this space that you've put yourself in when so many people want control and certainty in their lives? And what has it delivered? Yeah, it, it, I'm not 100% there yet, but it took about six months after I moved from the US to Australia and kind of stripping away all my old relationships that were comfortable and my identity of like a performer, actor, improviser in a community that knew who I was to going to a place who no one knew who I was, no one cared, you know, just starting over as an adult really had to like get me down to the bare bones of, okay, what do I bring to the table as a human being other than my resume, you know? Um, And so... You know, it it took going to therapy a little bit and just like really talking it out with someone and figuring out my qualities as an individual that didn't pertain to my ego. Um, So that's something I'm just kind of embracing right now. It took a a while to to realize that was something that I was holding around myself as a safety net of like, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Mm. And this the moment I started to like let that go of. I'm not this type of person, um, the more free I felt, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So maybe a different bent, similar question, but not quite the same. Mm. How would you define what it means to be human in general? Um, I think humanity is just all about connection. Um, I think that's when we feel most human. When you know, That's why news stories, they'll run those like, feel-good segments because it just it makes us feel good to like have that empathy and connect with someone um so I think human connection makes us human um we feel alone and we feel isolated when we're just staring at our phones and looking at each other's social medias and comparing ourselves 
But when we're like actually experiencing a moment together, I think that's when the humanity really comes to the surface. Mm. Yeah. And you're in a, I mean, some of your work is extremely human. Mm. So talk to us a little bit about what it is that you do Mm. and um, how that connection comes through. Um, Well, I started as an actress from a very young age, and the part about acting that really made me curious and excited was was playing different types of humans and getting to, like, experiment with behavior and emotion. Um, But in my early 20s, I found improv comedy, which is, it's like acting, but on steroids, in the sense that uh, you have to be so present Mm -hmm. and so... Uh, able to listen and respond and and act human in a way that can sometimes feel fake or forced if it's not a good acting scene. So, um, so yeah, I do improv comedy um, where you go up on stage with absolutely no script and no direction. Um, you just have to rely on your training. Um, and you do a half an hour to an hour of of improvised comedy for an audience of people who may or may not laugh. And it's it's really rewarding in the sense of like you're creating something on stage in that moment for a moment in time um, that everyone in the room is experiencing together. And there is that like human connection that happens. Um, not every show, sometimes you have shows where it doesn't go well, but even that like moment of failure feels so real and present. Um, so I find it really exhilarating to put myself out there in that kind of way. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so many questions yeah. for you. So um, I've had a bit of exposure to improv in the last two years. And the more exposure I get, the more I realise how relevant this is in the context of skills that we need to develop for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and equally, especially in the professional world. Mm-hmm. So how do you see um, improv and its application in helping people build skills for the future. Do you think that do you think that, that is an opportunity? And what are you seeing in the sorts of people that are coming to you to learn these skills? Yeah, absolutely. I think improv and business just go together so well. And just life, everyone, and I'm not saying this as a pyramid scheme, everyone take improv. Um, it's more just uh, like, I found it so helpful um, with every aspect of my life, with just the basic concept of, concepts of improv, which are saying yes to an idea mm. and saying and. So I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying. I am going to be on board with it, and then I'm going to add to it. Um, that, in any respects, would be so helpful, uh, as opposed to just you know, sticking with your own idea and not being able to take anything from other people. Um, I think the best way to approach business is to be collaborative um, and to hear other people's ideas out. So that's a huge pillar of improv. Um, there's also a little like uh, parts about improv where if that you look out for, such as steamrollers, yeah. people that just go hard with their idea and aren't listening to others. Um, I imagine in business that would be a component that would be unhelpful um, <laughs> and, and prevalent yeah. <laughs> and prevalent and learning how to deal with those types of players and those types of people at work um, yeah so just I mean listening and having empathy and and seeing things from other people's point of view are huge in improv uh, to the point where like I always talk about improv uh, up to my empathy nozzle like too much to the point where I 
like will cry at a commercial with slow music just because I'm like, oh, how does that mother feel about that son needing a Band-Aid? <laughs> like, wow. you know, just like I see things from other people's points of view so much more now. And I think everyone could use a little dose of that, of how would that character feel in that position? Or how would that person feel um, at this work project that, you know, their ideas aren't being heard? How, how might I support that move? Um, so yeah, I think those aspects would be really helpful. I mean, empathy is one of the most touted skills as a skill for the future. Mm. Um, and I think it's probably something as a society we're quite lacking in yeah. at the moment, which is sad. I mean, there's so many factions of people rising up against each other in anger yeah. um, rather than sitting down seeking to understand yeah. one another. So tell me what you're curious about at the moment in the context of what you're seeing going on in your work, in the world? Uh, I am really curious about um, people who are in a transitional space like myself just because I want to absorb from them what they found helpful and mm -hmm. try to embody it the best I can because I am, like I said, in a place where I am willing to admit I don't know exactly who I am. and so. I, I am really curious about people who have made a, a life shift and whether that is defined by success um, in the typical sense like is irrelevant to me. I just want to know if they found happiness in following their pursuits because that's that's what I'm all about right now is, is just kind of like following my gut with what makes me happy day to day when I wake up. So that's, I'm curious about other people going through that in life. You're sitting with the right person. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting because I've spent um, the last week doing uh, a, an online course. I think it's a Berkeley course in happiness. Mm. So they run this free online course. It goes for six weeks. And it's all like top happiness experts from around the world. Mm. And it's really challenged me to look at happiness from a different lens. And, I mean, I don't know what you know about my story, but so much of what I've been doing is always the whole reason I turned my life upside down was in pursuit of happiness. And now it's about helping others find that yeah. but the reality is my happiness is different to yours as is my definition of what happiness looks like and it's really interesting how happiness can polarize people yeah. and what I found fascinating through the more I study it is that you know for me um, happiness is a state of being I often feel it's almost a choice when your basic human needs are met you know your mindset really is up to you whether or not you choose to be happy or not. And it's how you approach every situation. You know, you can actually look at it from a positive lens or you can look at it from a negative lens, right. which will impact your happiness. But the other thing I find fascinating is that the more I play in this space, the more I realise that happiness is not about skipping down the street every day. It's about um, being able to ride the wave of every emotion that life throws at you, which from the improv perspective mm. makes logical sense. Mm. But having the, the right support structures, the right skills... Um, and the right uh, tools to be able to navigate that and know that you'll come out the other side just a little better than what you were before. Because yeah. I think happiness is allowing yourself to feel every feeling, not to ignore the bad stuff and just accept the good stuff. Definitely. Um, sorry, what you said about um, referencing uh, and comparing happiness, I think, uh, just reminded me of a phrase that someone once used about um, life blueprints. Um, and it, that's always stuck with me about like the blueprint we have for what we think our life should look like. Um, and 
that was also ties into like identity and like me having this bubble of a version of myself and that was my blueprint and that was what I define success and happiness with. It was like if I'm matching this blueprint in my life then I am doing good and then if you don't meet that expectation of what you think happiness or success is then it really makes you miserable because you can see in your mind what you should be doing and if you're not doing it then you're failing and it's like readjusting those blueprints that we set out for ourselves of like this is what I should be this is what I should be doing this is what success should look like and and being okay with that blueprint changing and evolving with us yeah um, because if you don't if you always are just holding up this idea of what you should be like um, you're just setting yourself up for misery um, so that's something that I've really kept with me it's just constantly checking in like does this blueprint that I'm putting up there make sense for me does that actually make me happy are there other avenues that I could pursue that would be more fulfilling um, and just kind of adjusting it as I grow I feel like saying yes and <laughs> <laughs> sorry absolutely and, and it, it, it's yeah how old did you say you are like 20 I'm 31 31 like, I wish I had have had this foresight at your age. And I think what's really interesting in this space is that it took me to the age of 39 to basically realise that the societal definition of success that I'd been led to believe would make me happy mm. was fundamentally flawed. Mm. And it was centred around things that didn't make me happy, like you were, like ego, yeah. yeah, like financial gain. Um, so it was all about money and it was all about material items. Mm. And I think not enough of us sit there and challenge what does success look like on my terms because I argue you cannot be successful if you're not happy mm -hmm. success and happiness are intertwined and until you work out what it looks like on your terms and it may shift and evolve to your point mm -hmm. but the reality is we're given this checklist of things that if we do all of these things we will be successful and happy and to be quite honest that checklist it is very rare in the thousands of people that I work with that I meet anyone that it makes truly happy yeah. because they're disconnected from it yeah it's someone else's ideal, not theirs. Yeah, a lot of times I, it's a big shift to start making your checklist for yourself and not for, oh, am I making my parents happy? Am I making my drama teacher from ninth grade happy? Like, it's like I, for so long, cared so much about the perception of how I was doing uh, by other people. Mm. Just like I would view myself in a little fishbowl um, of just like, is Beth Lepley doing the right thing? Is she who other people want to be and it just is so suffocating it's exhausting. Um, it's exhausting to the point where when I did move here in that six month period that was really challenging for me I like I didn't post anything I didn't want anyone from like my old life to see what I was doing because I was ashamed of like not having something to show for myself and I like what a splash of cold water when I realized what I was doing of like you are hiding from people that love you because you think that right now you have nothing to be proud of uh, because your ego or whatever isn't isn't full at the moment and so not that posting social media or anything is you know a healthy thing inherently but just hiding away from people because you feel like your fishbowl isn't looking really shiny at the moment um, that was a moment for me to like really check myself of like am I making other people happy with my life or am I in pursuit of my own happiness I had 
an extremely similar moment after leaving a very successful 16-year career in large corporate Mm -hmm. where two months after exiting that world I was at a barbecue and I had no idea how much I'd allowed that job to define me and how attached my ego was to it because someone came up to me at that barbecue and asked me what it was that I did and it was the first time I'd been asked that question since I left and I was so used to saying I'm you know Without, you know, I'm successful and I've got this great career and I work at this global giant and I'm doing all this and I travel everywhere and I'm and you know I mean that's over sensationalizing but that was kind of there was a real pride in that because people yeah, were like course. yeah the fishbowl was looking amazing yeah but when I got asked that question and I did nothing so I, I did nothing I was just a mum mm-hmm. and, and when I say just a mum not, not to devalue anyone that's a mother mm-hmm. but I was like everything that I'd allowed to define me had been stripped yeah, away it was like a blueprint yeah. Correct. And I was just sitting there going, who am I? And what am I? And what are people going to think of me now that I don't have something to define me? Yeah. But that, that discomfort also, to your point, brings this beautiful freedom of I can be whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. And now's the time to actually create what that looks like. And here I am five years later with you. Yeah. And, and just the story we tell ourselves that other people are thinking, like, I have to constantly be like, Beth, nobody cares about you that no. much. Like, they're too busy. They're yeah. not even paying attention. They have their own lives and families and careers that they're worried about and kids and things. It's like no one's sitting at home being like, Beth Upley really thought she was going to go a different direction. Um, so no. just that like mental check of like you are your own biggest critic in that sense, uh, imagining what other people are saying sometimes. And uh, everyone who I've ever had this like open conversation with of being like, look, I struggled with this a little bit, has been like, oh, I always thought, I always admired you. I always thought you were so brave to like just pick up and make a huge change. Whereas I was viewing it as like a failure. Um, it's often so different from the story we tell ourselves Absolutely. in the reality. Yeah. And so much of that story holds us back. Mm. What's got you disturbed at the moment? Well, I wouldn't be a true American if I didn't say just my home politics. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a really weird time in the world, uh, not just America, but just uh, being an American, living overseas, and like looking back mm-hmm. at my homeland. I was never like overly patriotic or like yay home team when I lived there, but after moving, I'm like just so invested and just so want things to get better and um, just seeing the news every day it's a bit of a of a car wreck and like you don't want to look away you want to know what's going on but it's it's a bit hard to swallow just you know human decency and rights and and things kind of just flying out the window so that's been hard um, just reconciling what's the healthy amount uh, to take in and then what's okay, I need to put that to bed for today. I can't focus on every injustice in the world um, because that can bring you down a bit. It doesn't feel very human, does it, when you look at what's going on in places like America at the moment. So you are at this beautiful stage, which, as you mentioned, is magical but equally challenging all Mm. at the same time. And what is fascinating to me is how many people are in this state of transition or wanting to step into a change like you have. Um, how are you navigating this? Yeah, I think day by day. Uh, I, I talk about this sometimes about how when I was deciding to uh, leave a theatre in LA, an improv theatre called UCB, which was like 
pretty well renowned and, and really hard to get into. Um, and it was my identity of like being a performer there and making the decision to leave that to just come and follow um, a relationship that I had that was important to me. Um, my dad was telling me, you know, you don't get a trophy for sticking with something that doesn't make you happy. Um, and that really just, I still think about that. It's like no one's going to give you a pat on the back for sticking with something or sticking down a path that doesn't make sense for you. Um, so you might as well do something that you feel in your gut is going to make you happy. So that's what I think about every day. That's what I weigh every day of like, am I doing this for what reasons? Am I doing it to feel better about myself or so that I can like uh, look good to the outside world? Or am I doing this because I think that this is a good quality of life? So that's how I'm navigating it bit by bit. The best way to make change is in bite-sized pieces. Mm. And I always say there's no perfect plan. The challenge is just starting and the action breeds the clarity. Mm. So what does happiness look like for you in, say, 12 months' time? Do you have sort of... Um, it doesn't have to be a perfect vision, but where do you kind of see it? Um, well, I'm finding a lot of happiness right now teaching. Uh, it's it's really nice to come to a place where um, the comedy scene and the improv scene is growing. Um, there's a lot of curiosity about it, and people are eager to hear what I have to say about mm. it. Um, so I'm really trying to grow that uh, and be around people that are curious and like-minded in that way. So in 12 months, I would love to be teaching as much, if not more. Um, I am making plans with my partner to eventually open up a small inn and restaurant. So we are making little steps in that direction um, to go to Indonesia and do that. Uh, So we will be going over in January to finalize some land sale stuff. Uh, it, It sounds kind of like a huge, crazy, uh, target, but that's something that like I decided to just jump head first into. Um, and look, if it happens, great. If it doesn't, I'm sure we'll learn a lot along the way. Um, so yeah, in 12 months, I want to be uh, just keep moving forward. I want to be feeling comfortable with um, the direction of my life, but um, also be willing to adjust and adapt if things change. Sounds perfect. Yeah. Crazy is only crazy until you prove people wrong. And trust me, I've met some really crazy people that have done really amazing things that seemed insane. Yeah. Um, where can people find out more about your teaching and the improv that you do? Um, so I run a, a bi-weekly at the moment boot camp um, that's called Improv Boot Camp Melbourne. They can find that page on Facebook. Um, but yeah, if I always am posting about things. So um, you can find me on Instagram at, at Beth Lepley or Twitter at Beth Lepley. Um, or also you can uh, check out the Improv Conspiracy, their website. I teach there as well. Um, they're a uh, long-form improv theater in Melbourne. So there's shows there four nights a week. I'm usually up on stage like two or three nights a week. Um, so, yeah, check me out if you want. Thank you so much. And thank you for being so real. It's really refreshing. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. This is a lovely conversation. I could do this all day. <laughs> Feeling is mutual. <laughs> Thanks, Beth. Thank you for joining us today on the Human First Podcast. If you loved your experience, please take a moment to leave a review on either iTunes or Stitcher and provide us with a rating. 
If you'd like to access the show notes or learn more about what we're up to in the context of humanizing the future, jump on over to humanfirstpodcast.com. See you next week.